Well, hey, everybody. It's shed time. I'm here in my shed this morning, hanging out. You might see I got my dog back here, Sunshine. She's licking the lawnmower. That's what she does. Getting her uh, greens, I guess. Maybe I'm, not, uh, maybe I'm not feeding her well enough. Not sure. But anyway, good to have you here with me in my shed this morning. I'm Cliff Carey. Uh, I'm your host for the day. We're in Acts chapter 3. We are going to get into uh, a little deeper into a story of a beggar that had been healed. That's where we were two weeks ago when we last met this guy. And now we have the aftermath that we start in on seeing how God is going to work through the apostles, how he's going to uh, um, affect the people around. It's going to get good. It's fun. Welcome to the back shed for today. I think it's Monday, February 27th. It's a rainy Monday morning here in Fair Oaks. Glad to have you here in my bed. Today, I am in Acts chapter 3. I think this is going to be a lot of fun to get into. Uh, last time, we met two weeks ago, and, and we were off last week because it was President's Day. And uh, my kids were all out of school. Everybody was home. We had quality time as a family. It was so much fun. So, uh, but uh, so I decided to take last Monday off, and uh, here I am back here with you today, live. Welcome to my friends that are watching along. Always uh, would love to encourage comments and questions and insights as you are uh, experiencing the Word of God along with me. We're in the Book of Acts, as I mentioned, Chapter Three. And uh, I want to hello, say hello to my friend, uh, Barb Ballas, over in uh, the Cleveland area of Ohio, joining with her brother, Rick, this morning. Welcome, Barb. Anyone else that's here, let us know. We'll uh, shout out. If you don't want people to know you're watching, don't let anybody know. Oh, all right. We're, uh, as you saw, my dog is uh, down here. We're uh, we're getting through the rain. Just started... Uh, started picking up outside here, which is always fun. Well, we're picking up the story of a, um, uh, a lame beggar that had been healed. And um, it was it was quite the story as we as we talked about two weeks ago there. Uh, again, we're in Acts chapter three. And we had this this guy that was just sitting outside the temple courts. Uh, unable to go in, he had been begging. Peter looks at him and uh, gets his attention and says, in the name of Jesus, um, let's see, where was that? That was so good. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And uh, taking him by the hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. And he went around leaping and jumping and praising God. I love this story, uh, but it gets better. Um, now, as we're getting into this, I have Linda asking me, when, Cliff, are you going to be teaching the Acts Sunday School class? I don't have that solidified yet, so uh, stay tuned. I will let you know just as soon as I know. Uh, shout out to Pam watching along as well this morning. Pam? Thank you for your faithfulness as well. Thank you for um, just continuing to serve. Um, 
people that have great need, especially in this season. Um, so this, uh, this beggar, he had great need and he had been healed and he's running around, he's excited. And as you can expect, a spectacle ha- is, is starting to develop. Uh, there are a lot of people that saw it happen that were uh, kind of there waiting outside the temple courts and they, they see this whole thing and suddenly he, he is running around. Um, and they're, uh, I, they're in wonder, they're in awe. You have people that also, though, as teachers of the law, are skeptical. And they are the ones that are going to uh, kind of be the onlookers today, as well as people that were just watching along. Uh, so we're picking it up in verse 11, Acts chapter 3. Let's do this. All right, Valerie, good morning to you as well. Saw you yesterday at church. Didn't get to talk to you, though, but I did see him. Um, I think I saw you. If I didn't, I just lied. That's bad, bad. Okay. Here we go, verse 11. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them uh, in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. Now, this is also uh, Solomon's porch is another uh, version refers to it. And it's this area that is there on the Temple Mount. And it's it's over on the, I believe, scholars think that it's on the east side of the Temple Mount. So um, at a place where, and this was a place that was known for the Christ followers together in this area. Okay, so uh, in these, and it has these giant columns, and it looks out over uh, beyond that is uh, looks out over the Kidron Valley, off to the east there, in Jerusalem, as a uh, frame of reference for you. But it's important uh, when they say that it, they were there at Solomon's Colonnade that that was a place where the believers did gather. Okay, and uh, and so. They're, the people are astonished. They're running to them in there. And it says, verse 12, when Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, and he, you know, he gets their attention. And, they, and most of them know who Peter is and that he's, he's part of the, uh, this group. Uh, why does this surprise you? Um, oh, man, he's, he's getting ready to set them up. Uh, why does this surprise you? And uh, Oh man, seriously, think about that for a second. The the speaker insults the crowd immediately. This is going to be good. Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or guidedness we made this man walk? Uh, I love the humility. I love that immediately he points it away from their own power, that he is saying, it's not me, that it's not us. Uh, you should know who this is. There, there's really only one way to know who this is. He said, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. You, okay, so they point right there to Jesus. God, the Father, has glorified his son, Jesus, all right? He says, you, and he looks at the crowd to say this, you handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate even though he had decided to let him go, you disown the holy and righteous one and ask that a murderer be released to you. You're the ones that said, kill him. 
You're the one that said crucify him. You're the one that said, give us Barabbas. You guys, this was not very long ago, okay? You know, we're, we're talking fewer in just a few months later, if that, that this is happening. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. All right, so now he's pointing back and go, okay, you guys did all of this. You refused to recognize that he's the Messiah. You refused to acknowledge all the, not only the good works that he did, but you refused to acknowledge the miracles that he did. And you refused to acknowledge that he was doing this under divine power, not under the power of Satan or anything else. Like he was real. He is real. Okay. It says, we are witnesses of this. Okay. We saw this. All of us that are standing right here witnessed all of this happen. We witnessed you all turn this innocent man who not only claimed to be the Messiah, but it Messiah, but is the Messiah. You turned him over, okay? You had him put to death. We saw it all. And, and we were all here. We saw it. Okay. So by now, as, as a public speaker, that's not how I would win a crowd over, right? That is not at all what I would do. I would want to earn the crowd's trust. I would want to, you know, meet them where they are. Like this is this is what we're trained to do as pastors. This is what we're trained to do as public speakers to have compassion, to love this crowd. No, Peter just went for it. He goes, "Here is the truth, and I am going to uh, hit you right between the eyes with the truth." I love it. Verse sixteen is where we are. He says, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. Um, so by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know. There we go. That's how I, I got to say this right. This man who you see and know was made strong by faith in Jesus. It wasn't by anything we did. It was because he had faith, because we had faith in the power of Jesus to heal and to raise him up to heal his body. And so he he says this it is the it is Jesus's name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. I would I would venture to say as you can clearly see as you're looking right here. And and this goes back to something I talked about 2 weeks ago as we were going over this back in the last episode. We said it is Jesus's name. This is the name that has all power. We can't miss that. And and I am someone that's so, um, I, I guess you could say I, over over time, over many years time, uh, I've I've become convicted of how much power there is in speaking the name of Jesus, uh, in. Yeah, the power of the name of Jesus. It's it's they say it's it's Jesus's name and faith that that came through him that has completely healed this man, as you can all see. So um sometimes let's let's not forget, right? In the name of Jesus, that that we we lift our our burdens in the name of Jesus, because it is at that name that the demons shudder. And it is his name that is above all names, right? All right, let's keep going. Not a long one today, but it's 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 a great one. I really enjoyed this passage. Um, verse 17, it says, now, now that he has completely stirred up the crowd, now 
that he has told them, hey, you guys are the ones that messed up. You didn't recognize who this guy was. Uh, Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance. Okay, so now he's starting to kind of come down and and meet them where they are in a little bit. He goes, you kind of couldn't help it. You got stirred up by the crowds. You got stirred up by the uh, teachers of the law, the Pharisees, Sadducees, all of them that did not like the fact that Jesus was claiming to be the Messiah. Uh, They did not like the fact that people following him meant that people would not follow them. Okay. And, And so Peter gives them a little bit of a break and goes, yeah, you were acting in ignorance. You were following their lead and, and you shouldn't have been, but you didn't know any better. He says your, your leaders didn't know any better either. But in verse 18, he says, this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. So, so there's this key piece there that we always have to go back and remember is God is sovereign over all. Our father is sovereign. He is always in control. And in his plan, he uses bad things to bring about the good. And that's something that really most of us will struggle with is that God will use these bad things for good. Uh, Because we really struggle with the predestination part of this is would God predestine these bad things to happen? And if I believe in a good, faithful, loving, sovereign God, then I have to trust that his plan is perfect, even if it involves using imperfect, bad people that do evil. Okay. And um, the, you know, clearly Peter reminds them the prophets have been telling us literally for thousands of years that the Messiah is going to have to suffer. Don't you remember? Didn't you go back and look at that? Um, and in the near hundreds of years, as they went back, that was very clear. The prophet, uh, the prophet said that the Messiah would suffer. And so then he goes, then he hits them hard. Ready? Right there. Nails them between the eyes. Verse 19. Repent. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. That times of refreshment may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed to you, even Jesus, okay? And so it's it's so cool. He's he's narrowing it down in. He says, because of everything that you've seen, because, because of all of this, you need to do this one thing. You need to repent. You need to turn around. And that's the exact same message that Jesus gave when he was on this earth to people was repent, Okay. So he says, Peter says, repent then, turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. So your sins would be wiped out. The times of refreshment may come from the Lord. That one caught me because I I wasn't expecting Peter to uh, give them a little bit of a soft landing at all uh, with this. But he really says, listen, you are going to excuse me, you are going to be refreshed as you repent. You're going to be transformed as you turn around and turn away from your sins. You're going to, um, you know, in that word refreshing, be more at peace in the right spot. 
your sins are eliminated, refreshing comes from the Lord, and uh, and then that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. And, and I believe that this would be an allusion to the second coming of Christ, although I did leave my uh, Bible commentary for the book of Acts at my office, and so I don't have that on me right now, and we can't clarify that for sure. But I think that is a uh, a look toward the second coming. If uh, you see that differently, let me know. Put it in the comments. Okay, verse 21. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything. So that's, you know, in essence, kind of backing up what I just said, um, that heaven is going to hold on to Jesus until he returns. And then God will restore everything. And as he promised long ago, through his holy prophets. And so he goes back now and he goes back to Moses because Moses said in verse 22, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Okay, so the prophet's going to be from the Jews. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. All right, so again, Moses is even talking about this prophet that would come someday ultimately the messiah all right and uh, and so i love that peter goes back and quotes moses and and it's so important because they're up there on the temple mount they're they're right around there they're talking to people that are religious they're talking to, to people that have been studying uh, god's word their entire lives in their entire upbringing so this should be familiar so i love how peter uses um scripture to lead them to Christ in this. And so he continues on in this, in verse 24, he says, indeed, beginning of Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days. Okay, refers back to Samuel now. So he's gone to Moses, now he's going to Samuel. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all people on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you, to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. Notice that that Peter says that he sent him first to you. And again, another um, kind of indication that the gospel is going to be presented first to the Jews, but then ultimately to the Gentiles and to all nations, right? And, and I love in that uh, reference to Abraham uh, there that uh that he says this through your offspring all peoples on earth will be blessed and so it's important to remember here that the gospel is not just for one group of people in this context as peter is talking to them the gospel is not just for the jews the gospel is also for the gentiles and in our context today it is easy to kind of extrapolate from there that the gospel is not just for us. It's not just for churchgoers. It is for all. I, April and I, Thursday night, we got to go on a date. We got to go on a date. Can I just tell you, I love having a 15-year-old that can stay home and be responsible for the rest of the kids. It has been revolutionary. So we went on a date Thursday night, went out to dinner. It was great. And afterwards, we went to the movie and we went to see kind of a pre-opening of Jesus Revolution, the movie, okay? Highly recommend it for everyone that's watching along, um, especially for those of you 
who lived through, uh, had formative years in the 60s and 70s, it's going to be really powerful to you. And it it tells the story of the foundations of the Calvary Chapel movement. And uh, it starts Kelsey Grammer, remember? Frazier, uh, originally from Cheers and then uh, the TV show Frazier. So Kelsey Grammer uh, plays the Chuck Smith uh, character. But really, the movie follows in so many ways uh, the story of Greg Laurie, uh, who eventually would go on to do the Harvest Crusades and, and pretty, pretty powerful movement all the way around. But what what is kind of a, a huge premise of the movie and, and why this part of why the Jesus Revolution um, hit back there in the late 60s and early 70s is there was um, this realization that these young people, the hippies, deserved to know about Jesus. And, and Chuck Smith would have been early in that um, movement of recognizing uh, and, and, you know, and it being revealed to him, so to speak, that, hey, uh, church is not just for these few people that are walking into our building every Sunday and every Wednesday, um, but church is for everyone. Jesus is for everyone not just for us special ones that kind of have everything figured out. And, and so this is played out in modern day times. Uh, if I'm to uh, apply this to you know, our, our context today, we got to be sure that when, when we're at church and, and you see somebody that looks a little strange and different than us that walks in, that we're not looking down our noses and going, hey, that, that person doesn't belong here. Every single person belongs in the church to hear the good news, right? It's for all. It's not just for a few. The gospel was not just for the Jews, although they got it first, but also for the Gentiles. And really, that's the perfect place to wrap things up today. Um, so it, it convicts my heart that, um, that when, you, when you look back at this guy that had been healed, and and how the crowd was all in wonder and they were surprised uh, that Peter would look at them and say, this is all about Jesus. All right. And, and Jesus is not just for all of us, not just for us that uh, that already know him, but he is also for all of you. And he's also for everyone yet to come and in every nation, every tribe, every nation. Uh, so a great reminder today, and and it's and it's really we're teeing off things for the next several weeks in uh, the rest in the next few chapters of Acts because we're going to find that Peter and John in the next chapter in chapter four find themselves before the Sanhedrin uh, where they're going to get questioned and they're going to get told to stop, stop speaking about this stuff. And uh, we're going to find that through that, the church only grows more when they're told not to. Um, so this is this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm loving this. Looking forward as uh, we continue to learn things. And then coming up maybe next week, I think it's going to be the week after that, we're going to meet my favorite Bible character ever. Acts chapter uh, 4, verse 36 if you want to look it up. Um, all right. Thanks for joining along, everybody. We're going to pray.
and then we're going to send ourselves off into uh, this Monday. Lord, thank you in the name of Jesus for the amazing work that you did in healing this man, but then uh, to give Peter the words to speak to that crowd. Uh, Father, would you please give us the boldness to speak in the power of your Holy Spirit in your name, in the name of Jesus, uh, Lord, that we would be able to speak truth in a way that pierces the heart uh, because it can only come from you. Uh, that's our prayer this morning. I commit uh, us to you today and all that hear this. Uh, may we be transformed through the power uh, and uh, through the saving blood of Christ in his name, Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, so there you have it. And we are heading back. No, actually, I'm I'm going to shut this thing down. Uh, thank you for joining along today. I look forward to uh, seeing you all next time when we're back here in the shed. God bless you. Have a good day. Thank you for joining me for the Backshed Bible Study Podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. The Backshed is hosted by yours truly, Cliff Carey, and is a ministry of Sunrise Community Church in Fair Oaks, California. The Backshed Bible Study can be viewed live every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Facebook at facebook.com slash sunrisecommunityonline. All video episodes are also available at youtube.com slash sunrisecommunitychurch. For more information about Sunrise and its ministries, go to www.sunrise.church. We hope you're able to join us again next time here in the Backshed.